This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It's time to take command with former NFL tight end Logan Paulson and former Commander's beat reporter Craig Hoffman. What's up? What's happening from FedEx Field? It's the Instant Reaction Show. Logan Paulson there. Craig Hoffman here live with you on YouTube at the Team 980 and at 1067 The Fan. And we've done two shows uh, here this year, Logan. Yes. And after both of them, there have been 38 points on the scoreboard <laughs> for the other team. This was a very different game, I think, for the Commanders than the loss against the Bills. That one, obviously, uh, a pretty offensive debacle, 38-3. Yeah. You look at the defense and the 38 they gave up, and we go, well, that's a lot because the offense really didn't yeah. give them much of a chance. Today's a bit of a different story. 38-31, offenses in it, some key plays we'll get to, but... I think we should start is like, how did this defense go, you know, back from a team that played really well the last couple of weeks against Atlanta, Ben, but didn't break giants pretty dominant throughout mm -hmm. much of the game to giving up 38 to a much better football team, right. but 38 a, a big number. Yeah. I think the thing that sticks out to me about it is like when they play good quarterbacks, you see this kind of offensive production from them. When you see elite wide receivers coupled with elite quarterbacks, you're going to see this kind of production. So in the pregame show, this was kind of what I was expecting, honestly. Like, I think there, I knew there was going to be chunks, A.J. Brown, Devontae Smith. All I was hoping was that they were going to be able to manage kind of the explosive element of this offense from a from a mental mistake standpoint. So when you look at the touchdown to Devontae Smith late, where there's obviously some type of miscommunication yep. in the back end, that's the stuff that you got to avoid. Because, you know, you, I think you saw kind of when they have to go on these long drives, they don't do it all the time, but they'll turn the football over, right? You got two two fumbles, which is great able to kind of get out of a bad situation, especially down here in the red zone. So um, this is kind of what I was expecting. I thought the defensive line played a little bit better than I was expecting. Honestly, I thought they did a great job stopping the run. I thought they were more active in terms of rushing the passer. They ended up with two sacks today. I thought they flushed him quite a bit. I think the other thing that sticks out is just how good that offensive line is yeah. and how dynamic Jalen Hurts is, like outside the pocket as a thrower, you know, in terms of extending plays. And when he breaks contain, how hard that is on the back end to, to manage. So... Uh, I know people are going to crucify the defense, and, and some of that's warranted 100%. But this yeah. is kind of what, I don't know, when when a team has Jalen Hurts, when they have A.J. Brown, who 
right now is playing like a top five wide receiver in the NFL. Right now he's playing like a top one receiver yeah, in the NFL. He's, playing, he's got six straight games of 125 he's playing, or more. He's playing good football for sure. So uh, this is, again, you just got to manage his damage. And for him to hit get 130, nine for 130, that's kind of what you're hoping for at this point. And it, it's the other mistakes that I think hurt you more. Um, the, the the coverage bust specifically and that's tough. That's tough football. Yeah. I mean, I think, I think the problem is there's only so many weeks in a row for me that you can just go like, Hey, they're in great position. Like eventually there's, and I don't know what the solution is other than in the off season. Like, do you look to get different players that if the, if the problem is the same and they're always yeah. in position and they don't have the ball skills, like what is it a technique thing with how they're teaching the the catch point? Is it the players themselves? Like, I, I don't know. It's tough. And, you know, you draft Emmanuel Forbes cause he's got the ball skills yeah. and there he is in one-on-one situations again, getting burned by AJ Brown. And like, I, that's, that's not me like assigning blame or trying to be mean to anybody. It's yeah. just like, eventually someone's got to make a play. You can't keep being in the picture. Like I said, in the pregame on the wrong end of the poster, right. eventually like go make your own poster. And I, you know, we talked to Kendall Fuller afterwards in the locker room and he made a good point that often, you know, as a DB and you made this point pregame too, mm -hmm. like you make a play as a DB, you get the pass breakup. No one really remembers it unless it's a pick. Yeah. Um, but today it would have been nice because a lot of those were wound up being the touchdowns. And then obviously you have the coverage bust on top of it. Yeah. And I think uh, that's a hard thing to say is because I think like if I was a coach and you know, if I was coaching defense, I'd be like, this is what I want. This is you're in the right position. And it's just about finishing and you know aj brown is one of the better finishers in football yeah. at the moment and you got to kind of deal with that i think again i go back to the the things that are within the control of the team it's the coverage bus right and it's and everyone says that 38 is a big number it is a big number but you know there's interception late kind of giving you that ball inside the 20 then they have the they go for it on fourth down inside the 20 that leads to 14 points and that's really unfair to the defense to kind of assign those points to them. But, you know, you bring up the fumbles like. Right. They, they also did have a fumble on the tush push, which is like a 95 percent play. So but it kind of evens out. And they the did end. some stuff schematically with the tush push that I thought was good. You know, that I thought made it challenging for them to kind of be successful in that situation. So obviously, I think you see, you know, that their solution in terms of stopping the tush push led to the touchdown late in terms of a different schematic execution of the tush push with the pitch to to Swift for the touchdown. So. Yes, defensively they got beat up, but honestly, when you're playing this defense, this Philly defense, like this was my expectation. Unless you could consistently kind of disrupt Jalen Hurts and consistently disrupt their game flow, like this is who they are. Like you could give them adversity, you could make them punt. But the one thing I love about watching the Eagles is that they always are pretty even, even yeah. keel, right? It's never, you know, they were down, they were down early and it they never there was never like, oh my gosh, we gotta change who we are. It's like we're going to run the football. We're going to manage this. We're going to find our explosive play here. We're going to make plays when we have to. And that's what they did. And it is, uh, it's like watching a snake eat a mouse a little bit. You know, it's like they got you and you feel like you're in a good position, but they just slowly, slowly, slowly kind of asphyxiate you and leads to a bad deal there. So you said the D line you thought actually played pretty well. Better than, uh, yeah, better than the first matchup, I thought. Okay. I'm curious what happens when we go back and watch yeah, the tape too. because I think also, you know, this might be the kind of thing where in the moment we almost have a better feel for it than when you watch the tape and you kind of strip away some of the emotional context of the game. Mm -hmm. I feel like in big spots, some of the times where these DBs get beat down the field, um, yeah. there are some big plays where there's just not any pressure mm -hmm. and part of that is del rio as a play caller didn't seem to want to heat hurts up didn't want to bring extra blitzers unless i missed i missed something well, but it, mm -hmm. i but it also seemed like a strategic decision in some of those spots because of exactly what you said hurts is so good at getting out of the pocket he runs around he makes plays even banged up he clearly didn't want to run today but he did make throws on the run sure. they kind of mush rushed 
And it's like, oh, let's let's just keep him in the pocket. And you watch a guy like Chase Young even just kind of play patty cake with Jordan Mailata mm -hmm. and be ready in case Hurts tries to get out. And Hurts, to his credit, is patient enough to sit back there. And, you know, there's a the big, I think it was a fourth down to Devontae Smith, yeah. where he's probably got like four and a half seconds yeah. to throw. And you're just like in that spot, whether you generate it from bringing extra guys, mm -hmm. you simulate something or your front four wins. Like there's some key spots in the game where I feel like the D-line left something to be desired. Yeah, and I, I go uh, thinking back on it, and this is where it's helpful to go back and watch the game. I felt like they brought a couple of pressures early. They were in man coverage situations, bringing one extra in the rush, and they got burned. I, the one that I remember was Benjamin St. Just on, I think it was a third and seven. Uh, A.J. Brown's running an out, kind of gets beat, ends up being like a 20-yard gain. That'll get you out of stuff that you want to do. And I think when you look at the – you mentioned the mush rush. The way the offensive line, that specifically the tackle set, is they're inviting a bull. They want you to bull them so you, they can kind of clamp you down and sit you in this position. And, and that's just because those two guys are so good. They're very good. Like and Jordan Mailata and, and Lane Johnson can absorb pretty much any bull rush in the league. 100%. And I think, you know, Mailata is, you know, when you're, you know, 400 pounds, 415, like that's a good way to set. Like that's advisable and you have the feet to do it, like get it done. So I think there's a little bit of that going on there. It's stylistically, that's what they want to be. But also like that's who they are. That's like their trump card. You watch them against any team. And that's how they that's how they win, right? They they set well enough. Jalen Hurts pats the ball back there. He's got we talked about how long he takes to throw the football. Yeah. And that's what happens. Guys get open down the field. And you know, one of the things the Jets did is they were very consistent with their pressure and they were okay, honestly, with getting burned a little bit because it was going to generate this pressure. And I felt like Jack got out of it a little bit later in the game. And, you know, rightly or wrongly, I thought they did a good job flushing him off the spot better than they did the first time sure. they played. But again, you got to complete some of those plays. So it kind of goes in, in line with what you're saying with the DBs. Like, yes, you were more effective in terms of generating pressure this game, which is important, obviously. But I think the other thing is like you got to finish some of that stuff. And you end up with two sacks, which is one more than you had last time. And a lot of pressures where he's off the spot, throwing the ball away, all that kind of stuff. Great, great, great. But, you know, got to finish that stuff and you got to finish in the back end. And really, I think that's probably what I would say outside a couple of mental mistakes are the defining the, the defining adjective of the game the defining verb of the game for the defense is just got to finish better you know hey it's greg hoffman from take command it's not just a podcast it's the 25th hour of your day your weekly source for all things commanders right on time your time a list of household chores do them without missing a beat and listen while you work in the car turn mundane drives into memorable moments with podcasts you can maximize productivity and minimize fomo we're on demand, so we fit perfectly into your schedule. Follow Take Command in the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcast. You'll be glad you did. Hey everyone, this is Brett Boone. Would you know it? I've got a podcast going strong in our fourth year. Tune in as I sit down with my friends, some of the biggest names in sports, media, entertainment, for a lot of fun and in-depth conversations. As you know, baseball's been my life. It's been in the family for a long time, but it's a lot more than that here. It's sort of like taking a ride in a golf cart around a beautiful track. Join me every week for multiple episodes on the Brett Boone podcast, available on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts.
Yeah, which is tough, but that's the difference in the league. Like, I think, I think you know, I, I had this conversation with multiple people today. I, you know, friends texting whatever about the game, and it's yeah. like, good teams make plays, mediocre teams make some plays, bad teams don't make any. Yeah. And this team was kind of in the middle, and the Eagles are really good, and they They're made really a lot good. more plays. They're so, very talented. you know, you're right there. It's five to ten plays where do you actually make the play and finish it? And they did. AJ Brown finisher. Yeah. You know, and on the on the receiving end of those is St. Juice, Forbes, yeah. whatever. And Jalen Hurts finish. is a finisher too. I yeah. think I think that's the other thing is like when you look back, like we were doing the post game show, I was talking with B. Mitch and Brian, the host of the show, and the thing that comes out is when you watch the film back, I bet you you kind of feel like, man, this isn't that bad outside of six plays offensively, six plays defensively. But the uh, and those games are so frustrating because as a coach, as a player, like, man, we are this close, but that team, because they're so good, they get those opportunities. But that's the thing is like, yeah. you play that game 10 times and the same team makes those plays 100%. seven, eight times. 100%. It's, and, and that's where I think teams get in trouble is they convince themselves that they're so close. And yep. then realistically, it's like, no, that would happen again the next time yep. because that's that's who that team is who's played in the Super Bowl last year. Yeah, and I think like that's, again, that's how, that's how they win games. Like they've had some ugly games and we talked about this on the podcast on the pregame show. One of the things that is definitive about that group is they can beat you in multiple ways. They never get outside their comfort zone. The defense is not – that's not a great defense, I don't think. I think that defensive line is good, but in the back end, leave something to be desired at this point. And they are just methodical. They're okay. Oh, we gave them a point. Like, we'll batten down. We'll get a three and out here. We'll, and they kind of pick – it's not like they're picking their spots, but they make enough plays offensively and defensively. And the offense can just be a juggernaut at times. Like, oh, we'll run the ball. Oh, we got the tush. We got – these explosive plays, we got all this team speed. We got the tight end late on that third down. Like they have so many weapons and so many different ways to take advantage of you defensively that it's challenging. And like you said, they're they're compiled of a guy, a bunch of guys who know how to finish. And we haven't talked about the offensive line, but that offensive line to me are some of the best finishers in football. Like they can pass protect like nobody's business. And again, it's just the the whole roster top to bottom is kind of built that way. So Anything else on the defense before we flip over? I mean, I think it's just frustrating because it's kind of one of those things where, like, this is kind of what you expect and you knew it was going to be tough for them, but you kind of hope that they keep them to 28 points, I right. think is what I was hoping here is it'd be 28 to whatever. I think 14 was my prediction in the, in the pregame, 30, 30 or 28 points, and that the offense is able to make enough plays to get you there. And it was so close for that happening today, and I think that's the thing that's that's frustrating is I think this was my expectation and I thought they did a good a good job, not good enough, a good job in some spots. But then right. we talked about those, I don't know what, six, seven plays yeah. where you're like. I mean, the thing is, St. Juice knocks one out, Forbes mm -hmm. knocks one out. Like we're talking about a different game. Yeah. But mm -hmm. as we were saying, like, that's, that's why what, they're them. That's why they do the other thing. And yeah. that's why the commanders are currently where they are at three and five. Um, all right, let's talk about the offense. Mm -hmm. And then there's a couple of key coaching decisions that are tough yeah. um for Rivera and we can we can talk through them including one that I think they have a very legitimate gripe on uh in terms of the incompletion of Jahan Dotson mm -hmm. but um you know obviously you to, to me there's a couple key plays in this game where they look to Terry and one of them like I don't know if you saw how open Curtis Samuel was on that fourth down uh the the first one where Slay basically drops a pick six. Oh, yeah um and it's just it's bad luck like i'm gonna be very clear this is not criticizing sam howell for making a bad decision you get up there pre-snap you get the look you want it's a key situation go to 17 no complaints it just so happens that the eagles totally busted coverage and if he sees they that on the corner of his eye the other way, right? yeah, on that that right side curtis samuel screaming towards the goalpost. i could have thrown that ball mm -hmm. you could have thrown that ball <laughs> sam howell definitely could have thrown that ball if he's not looking one-on-one -on -one to terry mclaren 
Unfortunately, he does look to Terry, and it seems like it's a bit of a bad ball too far inside. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Obviously, later in the game, Terry's got the two that um, Terry would tell you they're drops. Sam would tell you they're bad mm-hmm. balls. I would say they're both right. Right. I, I think I, th- those <clears throat> those plays are tough. I, I think you mentioned the, the incompletion, the almost pick six on fourth down. I think generally the, la- the lack of efficiency on fourth down was pretty disruptive to, to their process. I mean, they were 0 for 3 today. Yeah. That's, that's basically three turnovers in my mind. Like They were pretty fastidious with the football. Thought they ran the ball fairly effectively. They pass protected fairly effectively. They gave Sam opportunities. We talked about that in the pregame show. There were times where they're showing pressure looks. He's checking his screen. I thought that all that stuff was layered in there very nicely. Execution was high. Jahan made some tough catches. Logan Thomas's touchdown was excellent. There's all these things, but then you look at those three third downs. The two drops at the end really are the ones that just are like flashing red because you design a play. The protection's good. The ball's there. And I, again, like as a receiver, I'm like, that's a catch that you probably got to make there. I know it's not the easiest catch in the whole world, but you got to make yeah. your quarterback right. The second one is is tough because I think Sam, it's a bad miss. You it's know, bad, like it's he's a, wide open. It's a bad miss. Yeah. And, um, I and think Sam said as much after the game. I think Terry could have, um, you know, could have made him right there also. But again, like I'm, I, 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 the first one I felt like, man, Terry, like help your boy out. The second one I was like, Sam, man, you know, like let's get him back on track here. And so, uh, those are the plays. And we talked about defensively how there's five plays, six plays that you're kind of looking, man, I wish we could have those back. Offensively, it's kind of the same thing. There's not like, it wasn't like, oh man, they gave up all these sacks. It wasn't like, oh, they gave up all these pressures. Oh, they were inefficient on third down. Or are they inefficient in the red zone? No, they did all of those things well. I think when I go back and watch this film offensively and I pull my clips for the show, I'm going to be like, this is the best game of the year. This is a good offensive performance. And it comes down to those three plays. And I do feel like this is, um, not to put it all on Sam, but there's a little bit of youth here. Like the moment felt like when they came out on the field and it might've just been my vantage point, I just felt like there was a little bit of tension and that you never see from Philadelphia or you never, you haven't seen from Philadelphia since Jalen Hurts was, a, you know, a second year starter or whatever. Yeah. So I think there was a little bit of tension. You saw that in some of those, some of those balls that he threw and makes me think back to Kirk Cousins when he got his early starts playing good, efficient football, but not quite finishing the way he needed to. And I think this is part of the growing process with a young player. And I know that's not what fans want to hear. They want to hear something more demonstrative, but ultimately that's what I think it comes down to. Totally. No, I mean, that's sometimes I think people forget like it's a process and we tell you it's a process. It's really easy in the the off season to accept that. And then you get in the middle of the process and it's just frustrating because you're looking at the game right in front of you. And this is a game where, where some of that happens. I mean, he is so good for 85% of the snaps yeah. today. Mm-hmm. Um, but unfortunately the bad ones are like some of the most important snaps in yeah. the game. The interception. We I mean, the interception is not that I think that's going to be one that you look at on tape and you go, just hit Logan on the shallow, keep yeah. it moving. And, and you're good, bad ball, bad decision. And it comes in a bad spot. Yeah. Um, you know, obviously the first sack of the game, like that's, you know, Wiley pretty good all day yeah. has, has the bad one there. Um, the batter up, but that's what happens when you get in a fourth and five and the other team knows what's coming. Yeah. Um, but the reason I mentioned the place with Terry and and I'm glad you said some of the other stuff you did as well, too, is it felt like the process was a lot better today. Yeah. And, uh, to and, me, and, we, like, and we thought it would be, though, yeah. you know, because like the, this matchup feels better for them. For sure. And I guess it's the frustrating part of it is like you see the success and you're like, there was nothing stopping you from doing some of this stuff in the other games. Like, mm. I, I think the thing that's frustrating for me watching it as an analyst is. When I went to training camp, this is the offense I saw. Mm-hmm. And this is why you, I, mm-hmm. like so many people who were there and cover this team and know what we're looking at, we're like, I think this offense is going to be pretty good. Yeah. Like if Sam Sam doesn't completely you know, muck it up, Progress, like this offense yeah. is going to be pretty good. And even today with, with the game he played, if 
you know, they make a couple of those plays defensively. Mm-hmm. It's it's enough to win the football game. They yeah. scored 31 points. And I just I don't really understand why it took till week eight to get the screen game this involved. Because while they didn't have any massive plays in the screen game, they did get a couple first downs. Yeah. And it clearly had a larger effect on the Eagles pass rush and kind of made them defend every blade of grass in a way that opened up space for other stuff. And yeah. so I just, I don't know. I'm talking in circles, but like, I, I think it's frustrating to see this level of success when it seems like it should have been the obvious thing all along, you know? And I think that's really hard for fans and people like, you know, as a play caller, one of the things that I've noticed, you know, working with the people that I work with is that you think you, you think this is it. You think this is your identity. And then you get into the season, you get into actual bullets, you get into kind of their understanding and execution of the offense. And you realize that's not actually how I want to do this. And you have a vision and you're like, I need to change. And you change it. And that doesn't really work. You change it again. That doesn't really work. And it takes a couple iterations and it takes a couple, you know, quite frankly, like getting your getting your teeth knocked in to kind of figure it out. And I think last week, the, the stuff against the Giants, some of the stuff they did here in terms of checking to some of the screens, I really mm-hmm. liked that they gave him more. And you could tell that maybe earlier in the season, they were a little bit conservative, a little bit worried about what Sam can handle from a pressure standpoint, from a, you know, like, a you know, directing the protection type stuff. But today you could tell he was in it. And I felt like it made the offense much more dynamic. It's something that Sam Howell does in Kansas City. It's something that good offenses do. And so maybe just took an experience like that to say, hey, actually, we need him to do that. We need him to get to this point because the offense needs to blossom a little bit more. And I think that's kind of what you saw. And this is going to, this is again, going to sound crazy, but you need those, those teeth, you need those teeth like bloodied and kicked in sometimes to come to that, that conclusion. And I know that's not what fans want to hear because your coaches are literally, it's like right in front of their face. They can't see anything. And so when something terrible happens, it's like, Oh, you know, like we actually need this feature badly. So let's make it happen. And then you push that harder, you coach it harder. And I think this is the result. So credit to the staff again, like it's hard to kind of say like, you know, even with Kyle, when Kyle came in here, it wasn't the offense that it was in 2012 or 2013. Right. It grew up and changed a lot. So I think that's something that's important for people to understand. It's I know it's frustrating. I'm frustrated yeah. by it too. But it's it's part of new offense with a new quarterback and a new a new new uh, new play caller. Yeah, it's just like the the margin of winning and losing is how fast you do it. 100. You know? percent And and I think that that's that's the frustration is like. It, some of this stuff has seemed like it's been needed for weeks and like the, the trend has been wrong. And like, well, I kind you know, of, it's a, it's a, sorry to cut you off, but I think yeah. like you, the, one of the things that's tough is you'd go terrible to good, terrible yeah. to good. And so you kind of talk yourself out of being, Oh, well, like if we just do this, we just do the good more often, we'll be okay. And it, it stops you from making dramatic change. And then obviously you get that game against the giants where it's like, no, nah, like <laughs> yeah. we need, we need some, some more overhaul, some more innovation there. And I think that's what you saw. So, um, while that is frustrating and I'm with you and I'm with the fans that are frustrated, I think this was a very positive step for the offense and a very positive step for Sam. Like he looked awesome today and the offense in general looked awesome. And I know they didn't win, but golly, man, they did some really impressive things. And I think that's the thing that's really frustrating about the, the day is that when they needed it most, which is, you know, about eight minutes left in the game, just kind of got sidetracked a little bit and you saw the team's immaturity. Yeah. There, so there's a couple of things to find my phone with my notes from the, <laughs> the locker room. And I don't know where yeah. it went. One of the things that uh, I, I remember distinctly from the locker room um, that I'm curious your thoughts on um, Jahan Dotson. And this, you know, some, we talked about how sometimes players don't seem to really think before they speak. They just kind of say stuff, answer yeah. the question flippantly. This is one that I think Jahan Dotson has been thinking about for a while. Mm. He talked about how the team will like flinch in big moments. 
that there there's just these moments in these games wow. where he, the, he, he seems like it seems like the best teams don't flinch yeah. and we flinch. And he talked about one of the key third downs they didn't get and some of these other big moments. What do you make of that? I I mean, I think that's pretty spot on, you know, without being overly critical of anybody on the team. And that's hard. That's a hard culture to build. But I think you got a really, really nice juxtaposition point today with the Eagles. Like, holy cow, man. Talk about a team that doesn't flinch. The moment's never too big. Fourth and four. I mean, you could tell, like, I was shaking in my boots watching. I'm not even a fan of the Eagles. And Jalen Hurts just looks, looks cool as a cucumber and delivers the ball in a way that only he can. And there are times in the game where, like, I, I think about, the again, the incompletions to Terry. Those are – there's tension there. In the quarterback, there's tension in the receiver. There's tension in the offense. And it leads to a negative result. And I think that's – that is – I agree with that. And uh, – that to me is something that is learned. It's learned. Like B. Mitch says this all the time. Like you have to learn how to win. I'm sure you've heard that saying oh, before. Oh, for sure. Um, and I think there's a lot of truth to that. It, it takes time for teams to kind of develop that winning mentality. And I think that's something uh, that Kate that stuck out to me today. There were moments I agree with Jahan that that you're kind of like, Ugh, you know, why why so tight there? Why even from a play calling standpoint, you're like, why so conservative there or why so whatever? And um, and I think there's a little bit of that. People are trying to figure out who they are and how to win football games. And that's not easy. No, it's not. Um, so that was definitely one of the more interesting things. Um, you know, Terry obviously said what you think Terry would said. I think it was interesting after John Allen uh, said what he said last week. John was uh, not in the locker room as the the media got in there. So he decided to say nothing this week. Um, not much to report either from Montez or uh, Chase. Both of those guys uh, were sitting together and kind of getting ready, did their media scrums, asked about the trade deadline. Same thing they've been saying all week. So nothing much to really report uh, on that front. Um, the last kind of big thing that I think we should talk about real quick is the coaching decisions from Ron Rivera to not challenge the fourth down to uh, Devontae Smith when the Eagles run up to the line. It looked like on the replays that the that was fourth incomplete. Fourth down to Devontae Smith. Can you remind me of this? Uh, late late in the game. Uh -huh. uh, that's the one that, that oh, yeah, he okay, yeah. had forever in the pocket. Yeah. And uh, the Eagles kind of rush up. Ron said after the game, like, I was waiting for a replay on the big screen. Didn't get one. I was waiting for something in my ear. No one told me. But to me, when the team, like when the other team runs up to the line of scrimmage, yeah. that's probably a good indicator that you should you should take a look at it. And it's a fourth down. So yeah. it's, it's a massive point in the game. I have a lot more sympathy, empathy, frustration, shared frustration with Rivera on the commander's fourth down situation or third third down situation where Jahan Dotson looks like he has a catch. They call it a catch on the field. Darius Slay goes down hurt. Uh, in that that time, New there York comes in and is like, hey, actually, he didn't catch it. They overrule it, and then Ron challenges it, and then they go call on the field stands. Well, if they keep the original call and it's a call stand situation, that's a first down for the commanders. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, it wasn't overturned. There wasn't overwhelming evidence. Um, I do think it's an interesting choice by Ron if New York's already looked at it yeah. to challenge it again. But I also thought he was right, so I don't I don't know yeah. what to make of that. But to me, the the big mistake, the one that that you're going, damn man, like that's that's really tough. Is yeah. the is the Devonte Smith? Well, interesting. Up here in the press box, the guys were talking about that, and they were talking about like how they were waiting for a replay on their phone, or I don't remember what it was, but it basically came like two plays after. Yeah. So, and I know there's like a process that most teams have with regards to executing that um that challenge you kind of wait for the replay you wait for the the indicator because the head coach has a lot going on and obviously if that did, if, there, if it took them that long to get the replay like it they probably didn't get a replay until it was way late so no. that's part of 
one of the things that people say is a, an advantage of playing at the you know at your home field is that they get the replay up really quick. Apparently, they didn't have it, and so well, I don't. The Eagles did a good job. Yeah. Like they went, the Eagles went quick, and that's that's what you're taught to do mm -hmm. in that situation. Um, did he not catch it? I didn't see the replay. Uh, replay said he didn't catch oh, it. Oh wow, bummer. Um, so yeah, because they scored on that drive, right? Yeah, they sure did. Two plays yeah. later, um, that tough. was the that was the coverage bus. Um, so that's oh, that's that's uh, that's a killer and. I don't know, man. It's just like another kind of decision-making in the moment thing. And some of this is bad luck too, right? Like if Slay doesn't get hurt, do yeah. the commanders, are the commanders able to get up on the ball, get another, you know, get another play? Does it go to the two minute warning? Do they get kind of screwed by the timing anyway? Yeah. Like, um, it just seems like Washington is always on the wrong end of those types of things. And, um, I'm sure fans feel that way. There's a couple of penalty calls in the game yeah. where people think, oh, we got screwed on that. It's the nature of it. It's yeah. the league. They tend to even out overall. But um, today, some big ones. One, yeah. You know, it seemed it seemed like every phase that could uh, things went the right way for uh, for Philly. Shout out to Joey Sly. Huge field goal. One one phase of the game that they got well. <laughs> Gigantic bazooka like just Joey Sly. <laughs> Team record sixty one yards. I was gonna say he had it from probably seventy. That thing was yeah. well within the uprights. Uh, I think the previous record you might have been on the field for. Gano, yeah, yeah, Graham Gano, twenty eleven, uh, fifty nine yarder. Uh, anything else from the game? No, just, uh, you know, we feel your frustration as fans and it's tough, but I think there was a lot of positive things offensively, at least to take away from this game. And hopefully it's not a regression next week. It's, you know, they're playing the Patriots. Bill Belichick's going to throw all sorts of craziness at you, but hopefully it continues to ascend and they continue to develop and they continue to mature. And hopefully the, de the defense uh, finds something here in the next couple of weeks. I kind of hate this question, but I'm going to ask it anyway to wrap up mm -hmm. because like, what do you do to make sure that it doesn't, you don't go down again, but like, is there anything you just prepare the way you know you need to prepare and you go out and play and hope for the best? I mean, that's what you do and hope the game plan is excellent. I think that's the other one I would kind of point to is is the game plan. Like this game plan, they had a really good feel for what the Eagles were going to do. And so can you anticipate what Bill Belichick's going to do to put Sam in a good position to be successful? Have those check with me packages, get him an under understanding of the protections, all those things. Um, super, super critical. Um and so to me, it's, yes, preparing at a high level, but also making sure that the game plan is is where it needs to be. And I think if it is, you'll see a similar performance. It might not look exactly like this in terms of stats, but I think um, you'll see a very comparable offensive efficiency. All right. Tape review podcast. We'll tape it Tuesday. Uh, be out Wednesday morning. Uh, might even come out uh, Tuesday night on YouTube. So make sure you're subscribed <laughs> at 106.7 The Fan for full episodes. I also post clips on my page at Craig Hoffman here on YouTube. If you're listening to this later as a podcast, subscribe if you haven't already. The Take Command podcast out three times weekly from Logan and myself. Uh, for Logan Paulson, I'm Craig Hoffman. Thanks for listening and watching to Take Command, and I'll see you all tomorrow on the radio on the Team 980.